Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. If you like what you're hearing, why not try a StephCast subscription? Only $4.95 a month if you buy a year in advance. Go to stephaniemiller.com to find out how. Representative Heidi <laughs> Custer was one of the members trapped in the House Gallery when the insurrectionists breached the Capitol a year ago today, January 6th. Um, she's been very open about sharing her personal experience with PTSD and trauma, feels strongly about sharing this story. So the events of that day are not whitewashed compared to a, a, a tourist visit. Um, the description's chilling, trapped in the gallery of the House, occupying balcony seats off limits to the public because of COVID. Roughly three dozen House Democrats were the last ones to leave the chamber on January 6th. As danger neared and the rioters were trying to break down the doors, they called their families, uh, some to say goodbye. They scrambled to, for makeshift weapons, mentally prepared themselves to fight. Many thought they might die. Representative uh, Annie Custer joins us now. Representative, good morning. You were terrific on CNN this morning, by the way. Thank you, Stephanie. Good morning. Great to be with you. From the great state of New Hampshire, I, sh- right. I neglected to say. Yeah, that's where my dad was born. <laughs> yep. Terrific. Yeah. 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 Well, hey, Representative, I was just reading a horrible story. I don't know if you saw it in the Daily Beast. People close to Trump talking about how he is openly mocked and made fun of and in some cases impersonate, impersonated lawmakers, uh, police officers that were traumatized by January 6th. And I, again, I think a word we don't use enough is sociopath when we're describing the former uh, president. But what you went through was very, very real. Can you talk to us about it? Sure, absolutely. And you know, Stephanie, one of the things, I've learned new information since that day. Obviously, seeing the video, the vehemence, the violence of that crowd just surging forward. But what I've learned, and you're right, I was with the group in the gallery, the members, uh, we were witnessing the proceedings, and then... Um, we got locked into the gallery because the crowd had breached the Capitol and was surging through. They told us they're coming through Statutory Hall. Tear gas has been used. You've got to put on a um, tear hood, a, a hood for tear gas, and then make our way across the gallery, ducking under railings. The police saying, "Run, run, 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 run," nice. and then scrambling. When I crossed the third floor hallway, a policeman grabbed me and said, I'm going to get you in an elevator. I now understand that that crowd, the mob of domestic terrorists, was surging into that hallway that I was in, maybe 40 or 50 feet away. And I think about it today. I think about what could have happened. They had bear spray. They had weapons. They had zip ties. 
we could have been kidnapped, we could have been killed. And if we had been, if members of Congress had died that day, we would not have been able to go back into the chamber that very night and vote at 3.30 in the morning to certify the election so that the American yeah. people could wake up to a democracy with a lawfully elected president and vice president. I mean, Representative, that's what I think about. And yeah. that's the message today. Yeah, Representative, isn't that chilling that when we keep saying what was the president doing in those 187 minutes, he was waiting to see if it worked. I mean, I, Absolutely. you know, I, I, there isn't any other way to And I had yeah. colleagues that called and texted the next day apologizing that it did not work. So my own colleagues on the Republican side, not all of them, obviously, but certain ones were part of the insurrection and they were disappointed that it was not successful. I in this, by the way, this you know thing you just mentioned is so chilling about the the elevator. You said when you reached when your group reached the hallway, a group of riders was rushed toward them. We ducked into the elevator. You recorded as saying, and I said to this incredible policeman, I said, "Oh my God, what if the elevator door is open and they kill us?" I will never forget this moment. He said, "Ma'am, I'm here to protect you," and he was there to protect our democracy. And these are the. It was just extraordinary. He la- he put his hands out to block the door. And he said, ma'am, I am here to protect you. And again, it's not just me personally. I'm um, emblematic or symbolic of the democracy. And he got us down to the sub-basement. We ran down an escalator and ran through the tunnel under the Capitol. We thought we were being chased. And running toward us were Capitol Police with their guns drawn, rushing to the Capitol to try to quell the mob. And right behind me, the, there were still two dozen members still trapped, and they had to lock the door. Jason Crow, my colleague, who's a former Army Ranger, heard the commotion in the hall and realized that they would not make it across the hallway. And he commanded the police officer, lock that door. And those are those iconic photos that you've seen. Eight and a half minutes it took for the riot squad to subdue the rioters in the hallway and when my colleagues came out and crossed over to a different staircase those insurrectionists were sprawled out on the floor with guns to their heads i mean it was a scene of combat that you can't even imagine in the halls of congress congress moment i you know i remember millions of us i was one of millions of us watching with our mouths agape a year ago that our capital was under attack. For you to be in there, I I can't even imagine. It's described in the same article, Congresswoman, when you made it home two days later, you watched hours of the video from the insurrection and only compounded the trauma for you. You said, I remember my husband coming in, I was just sobbing and he was holding me saying, I don't know if this is the best thing for you to see. And you just said, we have to, we have to acknowledge the reality of what happened that day. And what's challenging for us is that we're both victims and witnesses to the crime on our country. I mean, does it still Absolutely. traumatize you? And does it does it traumatize you still yes. watching it a year later? Yeah, this week was tough. I'll tell you mm. that. And you know, you asked the question of what was the personal impact. I was not entirely familiar with post traumatic stress, which is mm. what, what I had last winter. Mm. After I watched those videos, the feeling of being hunted was the most traumatic part for me. Mm. To to know, you know, hang my mag to know that they wanted to kill members of Congress in order to thwart this election. 
And, um, you know, my husband was saying, I don't think you should watch this. And I said, this is what happened. I need to understand this. I need to be prepared to convey. Uh, I, and now, today, what I'm saying, I'm, I'm not a witness and a victim. Today, I'm a witness and a survivor yeah. of this violent attack. And, and I've learned from victims of domestic violence and sexual assault, you know, to be a survivor, that's my strength. I can tell my story. Yeah. But I had night terrors. I, had, I would wake screaming in the night. Um, and luckily, we've had some very good support here. We have um, employment services in the Capitol, and the therapy has been very helpful. And then this group of colleagues we call the gallery group, and um, we've stayed in touch with each other. We've done therapy together as a group on Zoom, and we've um, continued to support each other for the past year, and particularly this week. Yeah, I saw that. I was reading that part of the article, too. I love that you have you have a text message change that started that day, right, that you've kept up, as you say, therapy sessions, potluck gatherings, um, the gallery group you've dubbed yourselves. Um, and you talk about, you know, the, your struggles being exacerbated by the raw tensions on Capitol Hill and the increasing number of death threats. Others said they were more traumatized by the growing tendency among, among Republican lawmakers and some in the public to downplay or ignore the violence than they were by the attack itself. You and I, before the interview here, just talked about both sides do it coverage, which is, you know, driving me insane. That This this it's was so Republican Trump it's- support. There are members of your caucus that talked about going to the Republican side because if there was a shooter, they thought they'd be less likely to to open fire on the Republican side because they were Trump supporters. Right? Right. Right. Exactly. And Jamie Raskin covers that in his new book. Um, You know, you mentioned this. I've had difficulty as well in the past year because of COVID-19 and the same misinformation that's happening about our elections and our democracy is threatening our public health. And my own colleagues refuse to wear masks in the Capitol. And I get on an elevator, and even recently after Omicron, I would say that we're headed to vote, and a colleague tried to get on. I put my hand out. I said, I've had an exposure to COVID. And he just jumped right on the elevator. He said, oh, no problem. <laughs> oh. I'm like, yeah, it's a problem. You are misinformed. Well, that was that, that was what is so difficult. That day in the Capitol, you were forced to be, you know, locked in with, with a bunch five, of Republicans that wouldn't wear masks. I mean, it, it it's all terrorism. I, I keep saying that. It's all terrorism. In. Yeah. And I spoke about that last year, the threat from within and the threat from without. We spent five hours locked in a room with 200 members of Congress, half of them Republicans, half of them not wearing masks. And at first I thought they, I was sitting next to a guy and I said, oh, you don't have a mask. And I reached in my purse. I said, here, I've got extras. And he literally said to me, I can't breathe. Now, he had to choose that choice of words. I mean, it was so offensive. Yeah. OMG, I am so excited about our new sponsor, Cook Unity. These are ready-cooked meals. You want to know my first six? Grilled mahi-mahi with oyster mushrooms and steamed rice. (gasps) Vegan rigatoni pesto. Four-cheese ravioli with cherry tomatoes and spinach. Hang on. Climate-friendly chickpea and quinoa bowl. Classic salad nishwa. Lemon-baked tilapia. I don't have time to cook. 
These, you just pop them in the microwave, bam, you're done. Go to cookunity.com slash liberal. You will not believe the quality and the, the, the quantity of different uh, choices that you have. Whatever you need, vegan, paleo, pescatarian, gluten-free, whatever you love, they have a delicious dish. Cook Unity is the first chef to you, service delivering locally sourced meals from award-winning chefs right to your door every week. And it's cheaper than other delivery options. So delicious and no cooking required. I love that on work nights for me. Go to cookunity.com slash liberal or enter the code liberal before checkout for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using the code liberal or going to cookunity.com slash liberal. So, uh, Representative, it's were very you, frustrating. Were you, what was your reaction to Mayor Garland's speech? Were you heartened? Or did you hear enough? What, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I think what's important, what I'm very heartened by is the bipartisan January 6th commission. And I'll say this, I don't agree with Liz Cheney on very much (laughs) at all of public policy, but I think she's an American hero right now to be standing up and speaking truth and speaking her truth. She announced last week uh, on national television that they they've interviewed over 300 witnesses that they have an eyewitness to the president of the United States taking more than three hours to respond, to send the National Guard, to quell the insurrection at the Capitol. And you have to wonder, what was his intention? Did he want it to be successful? Um, And I think we know the answer to that. So I think, you know, look, Merrick Garland is, uh, the Justice Department has already taken criminal action against 700 people. They have several more that, a hundred more that I expect by the end, I think we'll have charges over, you know, a thousand people. And some of them, as they're getting to the more serious cases now, are, you know, five-year jail terms. Um, And I think one of the things that he said that I am heartened by, he said, we will take as long as it takes and we will go as far as we need to go, whether they were in the Capitol or not. And yes. I think that's the significant phrasing is yes. both the commission and the Justice Department going beyond the people that uh, broke the windows and stormed the Capitol. Yes. But I'll tell you a crazy story that happened to me the day after January 7th, I went to get my COVID shot mm-hmm. and I was uh, got the shot and then had to wait, you know, 15 minutes and it honestly, it was a surreal scene. I'm waiting with Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and two Southern Republican Caucasian males. <laughs> I'll uh-huh. say it that way. Yes. And the two of them are bragging to each other right in front of us about the number of busloads of supporters that they brought to Washington meaning probably their campaigns paid for the buses? I don't know. And so, you know, then we've got uh, Representative Gosar, we've got Representative Mo Brooks that are at the rally, that are fomenting this rebellion. So, and, and also members of Congress, my colleagues who were giving tours of the Capitol. Yes. What was that all about in the days yeah. leading up speaking to Speaking of your PTSD. So I think there's a lot right. more for us to learn. Yeah, speaking of your PTSD, Congresswoman, what it t- feels like to serve every day with these people that were a part of this. And and I think you make well, a good point that it. January 6th was just the Plan B, Hail Mary, part of this whole coup. And I hope you're right that Mayor Garland gets to the right. bottom and the top of all of this. 
Yeah, and you know, look, I come from. I actually grew up in a Republican family, very Me liberal. Me too. Um, <laughs> they were pro-choice Republicans. Go figure. We don't even have those anymore. Um, and now I represent a very purple district, so I'm known for working in a very bipartisan way. And I've got a bipartisan commission on addiction, and and another one on sexual assault. Um, what I do and what I've told my team here, we have one simple rule since January 6th. We will work with any member of Congress who recognizes the lawful election of Joe Biden as the president of the United States. Thank you. And if they don't, I'm not going to work with them because they're not going to be successful. Thank you. We've got to pass a bill in the House, the Senate, and get it signed into law. And if they're not serious about our democracy, then I'm not going to engage in waste my time with them. Thank you. It's your first time on the show, so maybe you don't know. My dad ran with Barry Goldwater in 1964, so I also come from a very <laughs> oh, Republican wonderful. family. <laughs> and, but he also was a, a prosecutor. He in New Hampshire. He probably campaigned in New <laughs> yes, Hampshire. He probably He's, did. Yes, it was one of the, uh, I don't know, was not one of the six states they won, but hey, the point is, Congresswoman, <laughs> he also was a prosecutor at Nuremberg, and he knew what fascism was, as Jamie Raskin Absolutely. just said before we, we yeah. went to, to interview you. So I, And listen. Jamie's been so eloquent yeah. about that. Yeah. that. That's the threat. Yeah. The F word, as you say, yeah. that's the threat. And can I just yeah. say, this is the worst thing about this entire period. It has made you love Liz Cheney and me love Karl Rove, who just wrote a <laughs> blistering op-ed. But I mean, it's just, it, it, there's so few of them, Congresswoman. You're right. He just penned a blistering op-ed when he asked, in which he asked his fellow Republicans how they would have reacted if liberals stormed the Capitol when Trump was being certified in 2016. He said, on the anniversary of January 6th, I'm addressing squarely those Republicans who for a year have excused the actions of the rioters who stormed the Capitol capital disrupted Congress as if as it received the Electoral College's results and violently attempted to overturn the election. Um, he said uh, last year there were several thousand protesters willing to use force to disrupt Congress and its constitutional duty to receive and uh, certify the uh, electoral vote. They smashed doors and windows, illegally entered the Capitol, ransacked offices, searched for leaders of Congress, made dire threats about what would happen if they found them. I mean, why are there so few? And I can't believe Karl Rove is one of them, but calling out just how despicable this is, what happened and the Republicans that still support it. And that's just it, uh, Stephanie. We need to elevate those voices. And I think I just did an interview with a conservative uh, radio at home and I had this very conversation. And I think we need to move beyond and help them call out the people within their party and help sort of the, the, the Nixon silent majority who are law-abiding citizens um, help them call out the domestic terrorism that this really was. And that's yeah. my role today as a witness, as a survivor of the attack. Tell the truth, tell truth to power, be authentic, and um, make sure that rational Republicans and independents step up and stand up, and yeah. that all of us, Democrats, independents, Republicans, are vigilant about protecting our democracy every single day yep. because we do live in the land of the free and the brave and justice for all wow. and we want to continue that i want that for my children and my grandchildren hang on i have and, to give you rock star uh, cheers hang on Donald Trump hang on i need to give you really big cheers yeah. for that. <laughs> from the from the tiny yet mighty state of new hampshire representative annie custer uh representative come back anytime thanks so much for speaking out on such Absolutely. an important day Okay. Great to be with you. Thanks. Be safe. You Stay too. Well. All right. All right. Bye -bye. There she goes.